sometimes I feel jealous of people that just wake up. They know they have to get at nine, and they're gonna leave at five. Yeah. And they know exactly that they're, they're gonna. They're done. They, yeah, they're done, and they're gonna get paid for it. Exactly. Sometimes you're investing so much into something that's, at the end, not gonna work. Yeah. And you have to be okay with that. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Rise and Shine podcast. I have just returned from a very nice four-day vacation. I have first attended a wedding up in Vermont, and then I drove down and I have spent some very nice relaxing time with my boyfriend on a small island just off Long Island, New York, and I have just returned today. And since I was on vacation, naturally, <laughs> I've been thinking about work. How much time people should be working is an ongoing topic of conversation. And especially during the past one and a half years of the pandemic, many people have been working from home. Boundaries between work life and personal life have become more blurred than ever. And now that people are slowly transitioning back into their regular work life, I see lots of conversation online discussing how to set boundaries between your personal life and your work life, how to protect your free time, how to have more free time, how to be less overworked and more balanced between work life and personal life. So I thought this topic was definitely worth a conversation on my podcast and that's what I'm doing today. In this episode, I am first looking at some global stats and recent news, and then I will pivot into discussing work with my boyfriend, Alexi Porkin, a man who embodies, in my opinion, what many people nowadays aspire to do. He's a young entrepreneur in the Philadelphia area. He's the founder and owner of his own business at only 26 years old. Together, we are talking about workload in different careers, before focusing on his own work and thinking through some ways in which modern entrepreneurs can make smart moves to maximize their time on task. But let's get to the facts first. Something that immediately comes to mind when living in the United States is that whenever you ask people what they're doing, they will 95% probably say they're busy. People always say they're busy, people always say they're working, people always say they're doing something. But are people in the US really always working? Actually, maybe. If we look at a global comparison, the United States comes in 11th place when it comes to the most hours worked. And in first place, we have Mexico, followed by South Korea, Costa Rica, Russia, Greece, and then Chile. The United States, like I said, in 11th place, has an average of 33 hours worked per week. In the US, the average man employed works 8.4 hours per day, and the average woman employed works 7.9 hours per day. So like I said, on a global spectrum, on a global you know comparison that is pretty much this is actually pretty interesting if we look at countries 
that are comparable to the United States in the sense that they are also well-developed countries, they are technologically advanced. And I am referencing here um, countries in Europe, such as France, Austria, Sweden, the Netherlands, Germany or Denmark. And those countries have significantly lower work hours per week. For example, we have the Netherlands that has a 27-hour work week compared to the United States with 33 hours. In France, we have a 30-hour work week. And in Germany, we even only have a 25.6-hour work week. And in fact, having lower and lower amounts of hours to work per week is a trend that we can see occur in history. If we look at the statistics from 1850 in the United States, the average work week was actually between 70 and 75 hours per week. Imagine that. That was the average work week, 75 hours. And then over the next 100 years up to 1950, the work week kind of has come down gradually until it reached around 40 hours per week. And so between 1950 and 2000, that has been pretty much the stable number around 40 hours per week. And now fairly recently, we have plummeted even more <laughs> down to about 33 hours per week, as we've just heard. And then in Europe, we even have less than that. And there's more than that. The NEF, for example, recommends that we should move to a 21-hour standard work week. They think that this would address problems with unemployment because if one worker works fewer hours, there are more workers needed to complete the amount of hours that needs to be put in to run the business. It would also help to foster the well-being of the population it would help to prevent overworking. It would also help free up some time for family care and just general free time that most people are usually lacking. And then, I don't know if you guys have read about that, Iceland has most recently done a trial run on having a four-hour work week. And this trial run, from what the media say, has been a really really great success. People have reported that even though they worked less hours they were actually just as productive or sometimes even more productive than in the five-day work week. People overwhelmingly said that they were just more motivated at work because they knew they wouldn't have to be there forever. Some people said they were reducing their coffee breaks, they were shortening some meetings, um, or avoiding them altogether in some cases just to you know maximize the efficiency of their time spent at work and ultimately the trial said that this was a beneficial experience for both the employees and also for the companies because the companies had to pay less for the same amount of work that was being done. And what I'm seeing is that now there are conversations that some employees in the US could also start experimenting with taking time off the people's schedules and reducing the amount of work that the average worker in the United States is doing. So I think this is actually the perfect time 
to pivot over into my conversation with Alexi and hear what he has to say. And just as a little disclaimer, <laughs> our conversation was shot while on vacation so you may hear some vacation noises in the background um we've been drinking a glass of wine while recording this you might also hear the ocean and there's also a little helicopter um as we start our conversation (laughs) does it make sense for people to work nine to five or not depends on the job okay so what kinds of jobs are good to work 9 to 5, what do you think? Uh, non-creative type of jobs, I think, should be regulated. Uh-huh. For, for example, construction worker yeah. or a truck driver. You cannot really say that from now on, truck drivers and construction workers are working only four hours a day because it's good. But there are creative pursuits and stuff like that. They yeah. usually have a strict schedule, you have to get things done, and since it's a manual labor, the speed that you can progress by is limited. Mm-hmm. So you have to fit in, in those hours when people are capable of working. But if it's a creative pursuit, then normalized uh, work day from nine to five is not ideal mm-hmm. because. Well, you have a limited resources when it comes to creativity. Yeah. The number that I keep hearing is three hours. Like if you push yourself, if, if let's say you're writing something creative or you are trying to create music, if you push yourself beyond three hours, it really drains your creative resources. Yeah. I guess you need some sort of stru- structure in your life. Yeah. And for reasons... I think there are at least two reasons. First, you don't have to plan it yourself. Mm-hmm. Someone else establish it for you yeah and that takes that load of responsibility off of you yeah and second you can plan around it you know exactly when you go to work you know exactly how much you're gonna get paid yeah and you know exactly when you're gonna be leaving yeah so that's uh, and it's gonna be consistent and you know there's a certain amount of vacations you can take a year so you can plan the year yeah. ahead and not even worry about anything unexpected coming up so it does give you consistency and it does give you that peace of mind mm-hmm. that your day is going to be structured more or less and with the re- remaining time you can do whatever you please and i feel like it works for a lot of people and that's yeah that's that's totally fine yeah um for example i know people at um my university who are in different programs so in my phd program there is not really a schedule for how many hours or for like classes or anything that i have to attend because i'm done with that right now but for example in the dental school they have a schedule for classes so their entire day is structured and they don't have to um they 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 don't have to self schedule anything it's all done for them and all they have to do is show up and i mean i don't want to say that's easier than than structuring your own day because they have to get up like they have to be in class at 8 a.m every day and that's also pretty stressful so a lot of the time when i was just kind of seeing my peers do that i thought wow i don't know if i could do that but at the same time structuring yourself managing yourself is also a skill that you need to learn exactly yeah how would you like and how about your profession so when you like you are self-employed so you don't have um 
like a schedule as well you have to make your own schedule and i don't know like i don't know if i would describe your work as creative work or is it creative work would you describe I it think as creative so, yeah. work okay but you work more than three hours a day so how does that shake out Dep depends how depends how you um depends how you define work yes yeah, so wait so like what do you like tell me <laughs> what is yeah. well it has to do a lot of with ideas uh what can be done better and how it can be monetized and sometimes the best ideas come to you in the hour of pleasure like mm -hmm. if you're always busy and you're running around and you're trying to do something and you fill in with your time with manual tasks or administrative tasks it kind of narrows your mind and you can't even see outside of it yeah so which is which means you're stalling and uh, it doesn't give you the full picture that might help you to figure out the way uh, to make better decisions uh -huh. in terms of making money. You miss opportunities or you just don't see them. Wait, so you say that administrative work can sometimes kind of cloud your Yeah, cloud the same your manual labor. Yeah, yeah. Your mind just narrows. You just, when so you don't slow down, when you fill your time with something like that, tasks that can be outsourced or tasks that just don't require too much of creative energy or intellectual energy, but just requires your time, uh -huh. something you just have to do. While you're doing it, usually you cannot think about anything else. Yeah, And right. thinking the ideas is what has the most value in business. So how do you, how do, you do that? Like, how, do you set aside a certain time of day to do your administrative work or is it how do you how do you do that i try to outsource as many tasks as possible uh-huh so what for example um like like so my business is i sell furniture and i sell the custom custom tables with epoxy and i sell the materials to help people if they want to make it yourself uh they can purchase through me mm -hmm. and so what goes into administrating that business First of all, you have to keep track of your inventory, you have to keep it in the warehouse, and you have to fill the orders out of the warehouse. Mm -hmm. So those operations is tracking and shipping in and out to warehouse and mm -hmm. make sure you know you get paid and all that kinds of stuff. And yeah. in production, I outsource the production to other people, that, but they still have to be, sometimes they don't have expertise or they have to be controlled or some of it, some of the, those operations I have to do myself, regrettably, <laughs> because usually, you know, the deadlines are not being met and you just have to step in. Yeah. So the production process and all of that also involves the administrative work. So, you know, collecting payments, talking to clients, uh -huh. taxes accounting yeah that but, type of but stuff. accounting is something you outsource right well i use software okay which makes it easy I usually, oh so you yeah, automate spend, yeah i can spend okay. an hour a week and get all of that done that's awesome so yeah so you can automate or you can outsource yeah that, that's how you free up time and i try not to fill my time with useless tasks if i if it's humanly yeah. possible that way even though i get something done during the day i also have time and also like there's a bunch of moments in the day that leaves you with yourself and with the ability to think. Mm -hmm. Let's say when you, for example, driving a car. Oh, yeah. You do nothing That's but thinking. That's a good one. Yeah, if you not listen to music, sometimes I just turn everything off and I process what about 
is going on in my life. They're usually just solutions. Solutions just pop up. That's such a good one. Or like before you go to bed or you shower? having breakfast or not my shower, I don't know. I have ideas in the shower. Well, all the time. see, like there are little moments, the pockets of time with yeah. that you can spend on creative energy. The other big one. Usually when you left with yourself, um, your mind your mind automa automatically calibrates to problems. Yeah. But you start thinking about all the things that's going wrong. Yeah. And I think it's important to learn how to let those things go mm -hmm. and spend that time thinking about thinking about solutions. I think actually um, solutions, they also come when you're not actively thinking about the problem, but when you yeah. just kind of let it sit and then kind of step away from the problem for a little bit, not think about it and then at some point you will just kind of see a solution for it i think it's easier to let it come to you instead of actively searching for it yeah yeah that's when you when you open and you come it just comes and so, if you post the question and not try to force the answer i think yeah. i think that's that's also a good solution it just comes to you so is that how you try to run your business just to you know just kind of let things come to you or like what is your there's no other no other way okay because if you're running around and you try to actively find solutions it's it's not it's just it's not gonna work like it has to it has to come to you yeah i agree i think like the the slower you go the better like it doesn't apply to administrative tasks or yeah. manual tasks but uh -huh. for creative tasks that gives you idea i think the slower you go the more patient you yeah. are the better it's gonna be i 100 percent agree sometimes of course anxiety is gonna kick in especially if you are not in the traditional line of work yeah. when everything is determined for you yeah because usually you have you know 100 problems that are going on at the same time and then you're thinking about the future and just the chain reaction you know mm -hmm. you're going up the level so it's like okay like how's my life is gonna play out and what am i gonna be when i'm like 40 mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah i know that's, so that yeah. they're just a positive feedback loop and it's really easy to get stuck in it but you know it's important to have faith also people and also tend if you can't find the solution right away you tend to blame yourself yeah it's like yeah if exactly it's, if it's if, like it must be something wrong with you exactly you're not able to figure it out and then it's another chain reaction because you're like oh you don't have a solution right now you must be stupid yeah oh you must be stupid it's not gonna work oh if it's not gonna work exactly you're gonna end up under the bridge and that's, so when you panic about about that it's um yeah i tend to think about it if as something outside of yourself mm -hmm. like it's something that's in the air the, the creative energy just gives you yeah the solutions to hard problems mm -hmm. like you cannot find it in yourself you cannot force it to come it just it's out of, outside of yourself and the best you can do is calm yourself down wait for it open up to it and it's gonna come mm -hmm. if it doesn't come then it's probably not something not the endeavor that you want to engage yourself in yeah how many hours would you say are taken up by administrative work for you per day and how many hours of creative work are you doing it depends on the day and I, I never i don't tend to track hours yeah i know i, don't tend to, I, I know what has to be done and i try to fit in, fit in my day yeah i feel like it's pointless at this point because yeah. it's it's sometimes it's not consistent something i can outsource like tracking hours is when i perform the task i have a understanding of how long it takes mm -hmm. that's good so i that's, don't <laughs> that's yeah that's um 
and also I can outsource it smartly because people won't be able you know charge me five hours of work for something that takes one hour yeah so that's another thing I think it's important to do one task yourself uh-huh. so you have an understanding of what it takes yeah but uh, no I, I don't track hours okay you know sometimes I can take a day just not doing anything like today yeah like today I can and sometimes it bothers me sometimes I feel perfectly fine I know this is the day when I'm not forcing anything unless I have something I do the bare minimum and the rest I just wait mm-hmm. I wait and usually those days have their benefit as well yeah but then I mean I know from the recent couple of weeks there are also days where you just work yeah 24 the, the, yeah, hours yeah. Basically. you wake up at 7 a.m. you come back at 9 and yeah yeah that's that's you know sometimes there are days like that yeah I know that as well that's that's a path so yeah that's why I've, sometimes I feel jealous of people that just wake up they know they have to get at nine and they're gonna leave at five yeah and they know exactly that they're, they're gonna they, yeah they're done and they're gonna get paid for it exactly sometimes you're investing so much into something that's at the end not gonna work yeah and you have to be okay with that that's right but that's I think you know the 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 downsides of being an entrepreneur I guess that whatever you put your time and your money in you never know if it's going to be successful or not yeah and then well hopefully as you progress you get better at determining what's worth trying and what's not that's right but I think that's why we need to have more respect for people who are entrepreneurs and who put their time and their money into their like project or into their business Mm -hmm. and when the business turns out to be very successful we should stop being jealous and we should stop blaming them and saying oh they have it so easy they have this super successful business yeah guess what no they actually put everything in there they put their time and their money and their everything they poured everything into that business and now that it's successful it's that's the reward for being courageous you should all you should all you should give it all up (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. no one cares so it's a tendency of people people tend to ignore a graveyard I think that I I read it in Asim Taleb's books I think it was Black Swan Uh yeah we only focus on successful rare and unexpected stories yeah but we ignore the graveyard because everyone yeah everyone knows Jeff Bezos and how successful he is yeah but there were thousands of other people that were trying to start a marketplace online marketplace and it just didn't work out yeah no one knows their story but they they also they also suffered they also put money into it but uh they failed in their in, in our mind we just we don't even register this as something that exists we only see the success and we only see a focal point of you know of something that worked out yeah and uh you know i it's also like being working as the entrepreneurs they they also have a role in society they solve problems it's also it's a job like any other you just don't get paid that's right in a certain way it's I a actually, job you you solve a problem you create the process to get people what they want that's right i actually listened to a podcast recently and i sent it to you and it was by the co-founder of netflix and he talks about how 
being an entrepreneur and running a business is so it's basically just problem solving you get up and every single day in your business you are faced with a set of problems and your task for the day is to solve those problems yeah yeah and then yeah. so that's you have to figure out what people need and they don't know how to get yeah and you have to create the process for them getting it yeah and in return they're going to reward you with money and that's how you get paid yeah that's awesome so you know people tend to think of payment as a salary as a hourly rate it's like yeah how much you make an hour mm-hmm. yeah. $15 is it 50 is it 117 yeah in that game you listen um, to burn you don't like it's impossible to think in those dimensions yeah yeah you have to like you roughly know what you're gonna put in yeah and uh, yeah you don't know what you're gonna get out of it but that's right if it works out uh, the payout is gonna be more than you put in That's would you say that you are doing something that is um a subject of your interest yes definitely subject of my interest yeah how did you um how did you get interest interested in um producing furniture it, it doesn't matter to be honest uh-huh. what i do and it's all about the process of as i said uh, identifying the product or the problem that can be solved in exchange for money yeah so, so for you it's not so much the products for you it's not so much the tables yeah. for you it's more about yeah. just doing the the process of running the business and doing the tasks that are part of running a business yeah that's yeah. awesome tomorrow i figure out that cutting grass is going to be profitable i'll just do that <laughs> like cutting grass machine like, it doesn't matter what to sell yeah yeah it's it's just can you create the process of getting people what they need yeah at the best price point yeah and um, yeah and the satisfactory quality yeah that's that's it it doesn't matter what what, what it's gonna be yeah uh, unless it's something illegal yeah that's right that's the bad thing you should you should uh, not play the game that's has a catastrophic loss for you like going to jail <laughs> I think you actually told me that when there is a product on the market and you want to produce the same or like a similar product then the only way you get people to buy your product over the other product is if you make better quality at a cheaper price point. That's the only... Well, it doesn't apply to all the products. Uh-huh. It doesn't apply to... I think to... Let's say Apple. Let's, if, if something is built and it has a brand name and it has a demeanor, people are going to buy it at, at any price point. Yeah. Like you... There are a bunch of phones on the market, but people are drawn to iPhone. Even yeah. though it cost fifty to sixty percent more, mm-hmm. and sometimes even more. Yeah. Like you know, you're not so looking expensive. for function. You're not looking for function. You're looking for the brand name and what that brand name represents. Mm-hmm. So, but when it comes to commodities, uh, things that you just use every day, and uh, that doesn't have any additional value in terms of brand mm-hmm. you yeah you, you win by better quality and uh, better price point that's awesome let's say uh, you know like raw materials let's say let's say what if it's a pine if it's a you know two by four of pine that's been processed the same way and it's going to do the same function people are going to go whoever has a lower price mm-hmm. you know because that's that's a commodity 
or, so, if you, or if you buy rice, like if rice is pretty much the same. Yeah. And you have two on the shelf right next to each other. One costs two dollars, the other one three. You yeah. want to pick one that's two dollars. Of course, I don't care about the rice brand. Yeah. Is that part of the reason why you chose to go into the the like furniture business? I want to say because with furniture there is no um, well, superior I brand. I picked a niche that was unexplored, uh-huh. and it's still unexplored. That requires a lot of manual labor that can be automated completely yeah and it's fairly new okay that's why i was able to turn it into business yeah because like you know favorite tables tables with epoxy you know uh, usually small woodworking shops i'm not talking about ikea that mass produce yeah furniture but i'm talking about like one unique stuffs uh, small woodworking shops they're pretty conservative they don't like to get into new stuff usually they do things that already work Mm-hmm. And uh, it's hard to find someone who's actually willing to try it and market it and, you know, do it for people at the acceptable price point. Yeah, Usually, and, yeah. and also your business or your, um, uh, your company does it custom so people can actually get yeah. whatever they want. Yes, it's not yes. just tables. That's another one. You so do that's, kitchen aisles. That's another thing that we offer or sell. Yeah. It's like you can choose what you need you can pick your dimensions you can pick anywhere you want you yeah. can pick the color of epoxy that's gonna go in the middle so it gives you you don't have to go to ikea and buy it. like they have the standard size tables you can actually yeah. customize it to your needs and you know you can pick the wood that you like you can pick the slabs you get the updates and it's just gonna be for you it's yeah. unique and no one else is gonna have the same thing yeah so that's yeah. awesome that's that's what you that's what we that's what i saw mm-hmm that's great once you have a business and you kind of into the industry there are other leverage points that you can utilize like let's say if i use epoxy epoxy resin for the tables i can become a dealer for that epoxy and sell it to people and also if you're a dealer you get a better price because mm-hmm. you know as a dealer you have to maintain your margin and you can use that resin into your tables lowering your costs yeah so you're trying to get kind of the most out of the yeah yeah the industry once you once you once you see it uh there are a lot of points that you can leverage to your advantage you can provide a better experience to customers yeah and you can I don't know, improve conditions for yourself mm-hmm Okay, guys, so this was my conversation with Alexi. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, This is really a rare occasion where I was able to catch him on tape. I've actually been trying to get him to speak on my podcast for a while, but it has never worked out, unfortunately. So I was so lucky that finally on vacation, I could make him sit down with me and talk. And I have to say, I pressured him a little bit into doing this. I thought it is fascinating to hear about the perspective of a young entrepreneur, the kinds of things that are going through his mind and the kinds of things that some yeah that some someone needs to factor in when they're running a business. And I'm sure that most of you might have not thought through some of those things that he has talked to us about. I hope you liked, um, you know, everything else too, you know, my little spiel at the beginning uh, when I walk you through some of those facts. And I think that 
entrepreneurs are a completely different animal that cannot fall into those statistics right now because Alexi is working so much he's definitely working more than 33 hours per week which is the average American work week so it is very interesting to um, you know think about the number of self-employed people in the US who also work so much but they just don't track their hours and you have heard Alexi say that he doesn't track his hours so those average working hours they can only be for people who are employed um, but I also know that the number of self-employed uh, people and the number of entrepreneurs in the US is rising as well so that's an interesting dynamic that might be um, yeah, maybe worthwhile kind of keeping in the back of our minds when we look at statistics like this and think about numbers. Okay, guys, so that's it for today. I don't want to keep you here any longer. Um, if you do have any thoughts or feedback on my episode, please reach out to me. I'd be so happy. I actually got a bunch of feedback on my previous episode and I was so, so happy to hear from you guys. So you have any thoughts about this please reach out, let me know. And if not, then I wish you an amazing week and I will see and talk to you next week. Bye guys.